welcome to Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the word. I'm so blessed and honored and delighted to be here with you. I don't want to belabor my time, so if we will, just go ahead and enter into the word of the Lord. If you'll open your Bibles to the 32nd chapter of Genesis. The 32nd chapter of Genesis. Shouldn't take anybody too long to find Genesis. Genesis chapter 32. And I'm reading for the New King James Version. Beginning with verse 22, it says, And he arose that night, speaking of Jacob, and he took his two wives, his two female servants, and his eleven sons, and crossed over the ford of Jabbok. He took them, sent them over the brook, and sent over what he had. Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaks. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And so he said to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked, saying, tell me your name, I pray. And he said, why is it that you ask my name? And he blessed them there. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face and my life is preserved. And just as he crossed over Penuel, the sun rose on him and he limped on his hip. And I want to speak to you today from the subject of what are you wrestling with? What are you wrestling with? It's a simple question for all of us to ask because all of us have some type of struggle in our lives. A lot of us can relate to financial struggle right now in the midst of the way the economy is. Maybe it's just my house. Maybe, maybe, maybe you may be struggling with things, physical health challenges in your body. Whatever it is, all of us have struggles. You know, the Bible even tells us, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you. It didn't say which may try you, which if if it just so happens. No, it said it will try you. So don't be uh, don't don't be alarmed when things happen. But I ask you again, what are you wrestling with? All of us have things that we have to wrestle with. All of us have things. Uh, uh, we have people that don't like us. We have issues. You know, we have all of this stuff. But you have to ask, what are you wrestling with? What are you wrestling with? And can I serve notice to somebody as I begin? God knows exactly what you're wrestling with. He knows where you are. He created each and every one of us. So he knows everything about us. And he's got your back. You can rest assured that God has your back. This wrestling match here in scripture with Jacob and the angel, this wasn't something that was scripted by the WWE. This, this, you know, this, this, this wasn't some type of professional wrestling game. This wrestling match was something that was divinely orchestrated by God himself. There was no title to win. There was no prize to claim. There was even no woman to impress. The Bible says that Jacob had to send over his wives, his female servants, everything he had. This matchup, it, it, was, it was set up on purpose to help Jacob come into an understanding of who God had made him to be. How many of us have gotten to a place in our life where God, God sets us up on purpose? A lot of times we'll fight against the struggle that God is bringing in our very life to try to change us, develop us, and make us better than we are. But God will set us up on purpose at times to develop us. 
And a lot of times, and, and, and maybe it's just me, but we, 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 we tend to fight process. You know, we want, we want it microwave. We want it instant. We don't, you know, we, we, we want to avoid any pain that may be caused. We want it just like that. But God is a God of process. Say process. God is a God of process. So this, this match here, this, this wasn't intended to be a public spectacle. That's why you couldn't find it on pay-per-view. They didn't have pay-per-view back then. This was a private session. And God was more concerned about the end result. But one thing I learned in my study of scripture, God is concerned with all of our end results. He created us to accomplish something that only we can do while we're here on the earth. But at the same time, he's also concerned with the process. You all need proof? Matthew 28, 20. He said, lo, I'm with you always, even to the end. He could have said, lo, I'm with you at the end. Lo, I'm with you at the beginning. But he said, I'm with you always when you're struggling, when you're frustrated, when you fail, when you when just just when you're down, when when trials and tribulations come in your life. He says, lo, I'm with you always. I tell people all the time what's going on in your life is not a gauge of how good God is. God is good all the time, even when we're going through little issues and stuff ourselves. We just have to come into that realization. Now, growing up, I was a big wrestling fan. You know, I grew up on WWF and I recall a time that uh, back when Fulton County Stadium was still here. And I, 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 I talked to my mother. I said, Mommy, you know, they're having this wrestling event at, at, at the stadium. And, and you know, it, it'll be real cool if I could go. And so Mama made a way for me to go. It was called Starcade for any of y'all who remember the old WCW days. And so I talked my mom into taking me to a wrestling event. My mama didn't like wrestling. She probably could have, you know, wanted to be home watching TV out with her girlfriends doing something else. But this thing, it had 10 matches on the card. So my mama said, okay, I'll make a deal with you. We'll watch the first five matches and then we'll go home. I said, well, mom, you know, they say the best matches for last. And it just so happened that the main event was Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair. That's all I wanted to see. I didn't care about everything before that. But I, my mama had to endure the process so that we could get to the end to see Dusty and Rick. And, 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 and because she loved her son, she endured the process. She endured 10 full matches so that her son could enjoy wrestling. But there's something else about wrestling that I learned. And I, you know, I grew up beating up the kids in the neighborhood and trying out different wrestling moves and all this type of stuff. And there are certain ways that there are only a few ways that you can win in wrestling. And God spoke this to me. And, and, and I think it draws some great parallels. Now, the first way that you win a wrestling match is by pinfall. If you can, can uh, get your opponent down on the ground, keep his shoulders to the mat, and they count one, two, three, you're declared the victor. Now, the thing about pinfall, this is probably the most traditional way to win, but the thing about pinfall, in a spiritual sense, it's sort of short-lived. So you have people who can, who can handle their problems for a very short time, for, for a three-second count. They're good for a week. You know, you know, they can they can change their habits for maybe seven days, 10 days, two weeks. They're doing great. But but that's 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 a pinfall mentality because it's just one, two, three and it's over. The second way you can win in wrestling is by count out. And by count out is when your opponent leaves the ring for 10 seconds. So with a pinfall, you got three seconds. But with a count out is 10 seconds. But here's the thing with count out. You don't do anything yourself to win. With the count out, it's based on what someone else does. So it's no responsibility on yourself. That's not the best way to win. The third way to win, you can win by disqualification. 
Now, you know, wrestling is all Hollywood now, so they have trash cans and all type of weapons that they use. But the point is, you do something illegal to gain victory. How many people disqualify themselves in life by taking shortcuts, by, 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 by not playing by the rules, by seeing how somebody else took a path that, that, that seemed to be uh, uh, the, the, the easy way? But God doesn't desire us to win by disqualification. Don't disqualify yourself. And the final way that you can win in wrestling is by submission. This is my favorite one. If we just will allow ourselves just to submit to the will of the Father. So many times, you know, and, 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 and you know, if, if, you know, I used to watch, and I mean, I know it's all fake now, but, you know, growing up as a kid, you think it's real. So you're seeing all this pain, and they're putting them in these certain submission moves, and they're just crying out and crying out. And now don't be hard-headed where God has to put you in a figure four leg lock in the spirit to get you to give up on him and, and, and just yield to him, I should say. So God desires for us to willingly submit ourselves. So submission is the way that we want to go. Now, back in the story about our brother Jacob here, verse 22 says he arose that night and took his wives, his servants, his sons and crossed over the uh, ford. The only thing that Jacob had with him was his relationships and his stuff. All life boils down to is your relationships and your stuff. And a lot of times, you know, even even you'll get to a certain point where your relationships, maybe your stuff won't be enough. Money can't get you out of certain situations and you'll just have your relationships. And then once you wear those out, you're just left by yourself. So God knew that in order to get Jacob's attention, he had to get rid of his relationships. He had to get rid of his stuff. So he sent those things over so he could have this one on one time with God. And then it says after he sent over his relationships, after he sent over his stuff, Jacob was left alone. Now, it's always a serious thing if you ever find a man by himself, because as men, we tend to be extremely introspective when we're by ourselves. If 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 we're truly tuning everything out and, you know, whenever a man is alone, sometimes your mind can play tricks on. Y'all know there are times where I've been home by myself and in the middle of the night I might hear a sound. And I might interpret it to be a burglar trying to come in and it may be just a branch or a pine cone just hitting the top of my house. But it's my interpretation of it because I'm by myself and my mind is just going in all these ways. And there's so many times you can look at the news and television and you'll see the financial fallout and you'll you'll see all this type of distressing information and people getting killed and people getting locked up and and sickness and disease and famine and every negative thing. But God says, continue to trust me. So, you know, and, and, you know, the thing about Jacob, I just imagine now I, I certainly understand when this was. There was no television and Internet and all that type of stuff. But if we bring it up to modern day, just think about a man being left alone with no family, no friends, no TV, no radio, no Internet, no iPod, no cell phone, just him and God, just him and God. And it's, 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 it's so funny when I was single. When I come home out of instinct, I just turn the television on just so I can have some noise just for that fear of quiet. I, I, and maybe it's just me, but I just had to have, you know, I could be in another room and the television is just playing. But we have to get to that place where we're willing to just be still and know that he is God. The next thing that leaped out to me from this passage, it says um, that Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now, the angel tried to get Jacob to give up at the breaking of day. Now, isn't that just like human nature for people to be on the verge of their breakthrough 
and, 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 and something says, I'm not seeing any, any results. I've been doing this for so long and, 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 and it seems like all my labor is in vain. But God says, continue to trust me. Don't look at the circumstances. Do not look at the circumstances. He says in Mark 9 that all things are possible to those who believe. And the father there said, he said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. And so many times as believers, we're never there are times where we our, 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 our faith doesn't operate on maximum capacity. Our faith doesn't always operate at 100 percent as it should. If we'll be honest, somebody. All of us aren't just gung ho for Jesus all the time. You know, things will happen in life that will come and knock the wind out of you. But, you know, oftentimes we just give up too soon. As soon as we're at the breaking point, at that breaking of day. And then it says that, you know. We often wrestle with issues during the night seasons of our life. You know, when things get dark, when money gets tight, when relationships start acting up, it seems like things just go wrong during the difficult times. Just just those dark night seasons. But the Bible reminds us what that though weeping may endure for a night. Then what comes in the morning? We have to learn how to endure, say endure. The only way that we learn to endure is that we can see the end. That's why Jesus could hang up on that cross. He endured the cross and despised the shame because he saw the joy that was set before him. He saw each and every face in here that would be saved because of that sacrifice. That's why he could stay nailed to that cross. So as long as you can see the end of the thing, you can make it. As long as you can see the end of it, you can make it. You have to keep things in proper perspective. Now, one thing I I just love, you know, I was a small kid. When in the ninth grade, I was probably about four foot eleven and ninety five pounds soaking wet. And, you know, I was probably one of the smallest kids in the ninth grade. But I had a I had a just a tenacious spirit. I, you know, I don't know. I, I, maybe it was a Napoleon complex. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but I was I was small on the outside, but I was real big on the inside. And I think about Jacob in this in this certain situation. And it says that Jacob wrestled to the point where he said, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. Now, here's the thing about it. Jacob wrestled even when he couldn't verbalize his pain. And I don't know if any of you have been there. Maybe it's just me. But there are times where I've struggled with things in my life where I couldn't even verbalize anything that I was going through. But I just had to endure. I had to cry out. I had to weep. Words words were insignificant for those times. And and I just had to cry out to God and say, God, I trust you. I take you at your word. And you can't even verbalize certain things because there are times when you hurt so bad that you can't even get anything out. You know, I think about children sometimes when I see parents beating their kids in the uh, in the mall and stuff. And, and, you know, they'll beat them so hard at times that the kids just like <laughs> and, and, and they're just so in so much pain, but they can't communicate what's wrong. And there are times where life will come and knock the wind out of you. And you'll be just exasperated and you don't know what to do next. But God sees you right where you are. And we have to develop a, 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 a spirit of tenacity like Jacob. That's one thing I love about Jacob. Jacob knew that he had been dealing with this thing for far too long. Jacob said enough is enough. I've been wrestling with this thing. It's, it's you know, it's, it's 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 not about my wife. It's not about my children. It's not about my possessions. God, it's about me. There's something on the inside of me that I don't like. I've got an identity crisis. I've been walking with this name of a con artist, a supplanter, a deceiver. But I know that's not who you made me to be. You can understand somebody's desire by how desperately they pursue something. 
When I was going after my wife, I was desperate. No, nah, no, nah, desperate's the wrong word. <laughs> Let's say I was passionate in my pursuit. I desired to get to know her, so I pursued her. The proof of desire is found in your pursuit. And so Jacob's desperation and his dedication to wrestle this angel was proven because he said, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. In other words, Jacob wasn't messing around. Jacob had had enough. And I don't know if anybody here has gotten to the point of desperation where they say, I'm going to fight till I win. I'm going to fight till I win. I don't care what it takes. I'm going to fight till I win because I don't like what's going on in me. And so Jacob was sick and tired of that nature. And until you get to the place where you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, nothing will change. Nothing will change. And if, 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 if it's in your relationship, if it's in your finance, if it's on your job, until you get to the place where you say enough is enough, this far and no more. This is the last day that I'll deal with this. So you have to get to that place where you're desperate, where you say enough is enough. And that's, that's the whole thing with Jacob. Jacob had this identity crisis on the inside of him. He had deceived his brother. He, he had messed around and tried to get his wife and uh, his father-in-law, messed him up and sent the cross-eyed girl in there to him. And, and Jacob had just had enough. Jacob said, enough, enough. I'm finished with this thing. It's time for me to live on a higher level. And when God is calling you to a higher level, you can't still fool around with certain things on a certain level. So you have to get to a place where you get hungry for change, where where, where it gets to a point where unless, you know, it, it, it'll be more hard for me to stay the same than to take the risk of changing. Now, I've been there myself. I've, I've always been one who've enjoyed my comfort. I've enjoyed uh, 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 the safety of certain things. But there are certain times where God will push me out to a certain edge. Now, when I was young, I couldn't swim to save my life. And I remember my older brother uh, was messing around one day and pushed me in the pool and I was ready to fight him. But he knew that, you know, he I guess he, he sort of knew that I'd figure it out. And if I didn't figure it out, he knew he could jump in and save me. So God will get you to certain places in life where, where he'll just he'll just make you uncomfortable and just push you and, and, and see how you'll respond. So you have to just get to that place where enough is enough. Verse 27. It says, so he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. The powerful thing that jumped out at me, Jacob was just waiting. Jacob was waiting. Jacob knew that this was a divine setup. Jacob knew that he had to have this encounter. So he was waiting on the angel simply to say, what is your name? And I believe in the modern day, there are people just waiting for us to open our mouths and speak certain things. But we've grown comfortable. We've grown cold in our faith. We've, 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 we've grown to a point where, you know, we just, we're just oblivious to some stuff. But he said, what's your name? And this is the key question in identity. What's your name? Because your name defines who you are. So when he said, what's your name? He was asking him, Jacob, who are you? Who are you? That's that key question. Who are you? Are you? And then it said, Jacob, you'll no longer be called Jacob. And it just took a simple word of somebody reaching out to him and saying, you know what? You're not the deceptive person that you've lived your entire life to be. You've been wrestling with an identity that's not even who you are. You've bought into the devil's lie and you've lived his way for far too long. But you know what? This day, say this day, your, no, your name shall no longer be called Jacob. 
but you will be called Israel. For you have uh, struggled with God and men and have prevailed. You struggle both spiritually and naturally, but you've won. Has anybody ever struggled in their relationship with God and in their everyday dealings? If we'll be honest, it's a struggle. It's a struggle. But he says, you know what? You're a prince among men, Jacob. Everything that has happened to you has been on purpose, for purpose and with purpose. So, you know, he said, basically, you struggle with this thing. You struggled. You struggled. Struggle is the thing that helps us to develop. Struggle, you know, uh, our, our, our physical bodies will only grow once we have resistance against it. If you ever go in a gym, that's why they have resistance machines. You develop strength through resistance. So Jacob had struggled with God and men, both spiritually and naturally. And then it was interesting. Jacob said, tell me your name, I pray. And the angel responded. He said, why is it that you ask my name? I think Jacob wanted to have a point of identification that he can point back and say, Angel Joe Brown is the one who helped me to come into an understanding of our identity, of my identity. But the thing about it was God didn't want it to be associated with a certain person. And so a lot of times, you know, people chasing after men and women of God to to receive healing, to receive blessings, to receive an increase of faith. God wants us to be crazy enough to chase after him. And finally, in verse 31, it said, just as he crossed over Penuel, the sun rose on him. And he limped on his hip. After Jacob had had this encounter with God, he had his name changed, his name changed to Israel. The Bible says that the sun rose on him. Now that he understood his identity, God caused the sun to shine on him. And, and, and I believe that this is God's way of saying God smiling down upon him, that he finally got the revelation that he was Israel. And he just smiled on him and he said, that's my boy. That's my boy. That's the one I created. That's the one I created for purpose. And then it said, finally, Jacob limped on his hip. Now he wrestled and he got his hip knocked out of joint. So he's limping. So in other words, the sun, sun shining on him and Jacob's getting his pimp walk on. He's got a he's got a godly strut about him because he finally knows who he is. He doesn't have to wrestle with this question of identity anymore. His godly evidence his, 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 his godly confidence was evident in the way that he walked. We ought to have that same type of godly confidence in the way that we walk every day. God doesn't desire for us. Life shouldn't be a struggle where you have issues and challenges. Absolutely. But it says that after he after God created everything on that seventh day, he ceased from his labor and he rested. Now, if we believe that we're made in his image after his likeness, we ought to still be walking and entering into that same level of rest. So as you leave this place, as you think about our brother Jacob, I want you to get your pimp walk on. I want you to walk with confidence, knowing that God has given you victory over everything that you'll ever encounter. He's already given us victory. Every he's called everything done that will happen ever that, that you'll experience in life. So you just have to be committed to wrestle until you win, to fight until you win. Victory is already yours. You just have to come into the realization of it. Amen. Amen. Well, unfortunately, I don't know where the time goes so fast, but we're out of time. And, um, you know, I thank you for listening. If you want to hear this message in its entirety, you can go to airjesus.com and type in uh, sermon number 6276. And we thank you for joining Brothers of the Word because, brother, you need the word. Amen.
This ends message number 6276 by Jason Thomas. To hear other messages or to send this message number 6276 to a friend, simply go to airjesus.com or theonlineword.com. This has been message number 6276. Listen to airjesus.com and theonlineword.com often and keep your spirit charged up.